0: This morning I want to wrap up the series that Rob and I have been doing, uh, that really is kind of the beginning of revealing some of what those findings were. Uh, we have been looking at a series entitled "We Are the Church." Uh, three weeks ago I preached on mission, what we are to do. Uh, we are to do what Jesus did. And that's the seeking to save that which was lost. Rob dealt with values, why we do it, strategy, how we do it, and this morning I want to bring this series to a conclusion. Uh, and deal with the topic I, I'm going to deal with the first topic that was brought up in the discoveries that a vision but I want to do so by way of that last discovery number seven and that is growth I, that's a, that's the tough one in fact it's it's out of all those seven discoveries it's the primary negative one if you want to know the truth about it and uh, as the refocus process went along and, and we began to look at what needed to happen and i want to remind you that this whole process has not been to criticize or tear apart to look at the church from a negative point of view though at times you have to do that it's been to examine the church evaluate the church and to bring discoveries or proposals to where the church can continue to to minister in a very effective manner in the days to come and uh, as we began the process early on the stats were brought to us over a 30 plus year period of time if you look at the numbers of First Baptist Church of Noonan we've been in a decline now if you've seen the video or if you've that was emailed to everybody if you came to one of the meetings where the video was shown they showed you the graph this is your numbers that you've given to the Georgia Baptist Convention this is the records provided by First Baptist Church of Noonan of where we have been in our growth in the last 30 years and folks the the graph has done this slowly never drastically but it's gone from up here downward until about three years ago um a lot of reasons for it some of them are explainable covid came That certainly threw everybody a curveball but we've been in a 30-year, slowly decline. I don't, I don't think you want to continue that. You better not want to. This church doesn't need to. This is in one of the most rapid-growing sections of Atlanta, Georgia. You know that. Just go drive on Monday morning somewhere. You, you know what it's like, how quickly. And we've got to change that. So to change that... That's what the refocus group has been looking at. And we're bringing recommendations and and discoveries along the way to point out areas that we need to change in as a church. Boy, that word change is tough. Um, Everybody wants to change until you start changing. Then it gets difficult. But you got to change because if you keep doing what you've been doing, you're going to keep getting what you've been getting. you got to change something. So that's part of what this refocus process is doing. That, that brings me to what I'm going to preach on this morning, and that's the topic of vision. And I want to show you this morning and share with you this morning for a few minutes about the importance of vision and how vision helps to change what we as a church are doing and going to do for the future. And uh, the reason I jumped up there without remembering the, number one, I'm getting old and I get scatterbrained sometimes. Uh, number two, I get so focused on one thing I forget about everything else in the world. But the other, other reason, I'm passionate about what I'm going to preach on this morning. Because without what I'm to preach on this morning, we're in trouble. And I'll tell you why in a minute. But with it. It can open a brand new door of effective ministry for First Baptist Church of Noonan for the years to come. I hope that's what you want. I want that for you. I think your staff wants that. I think most of you want that. So this is a big piece of that process. And it's this matter of vision. It starts with vision. Now, what I'm not going to do this morning, I'm not going to stand here and tell you what I believe God's vision is for First Baptist Church of Noonan for the years to come. In the first place, that needs to be reserved for whoever your next pastor is going to be. And at whatever time and place he comes, it might be 25 years from now, uh, <laughs> at the rate we're going, but at whatever point in time he comes to lead you, and I'm going to talk about that more in a moment. He'll help you to identify that vision and he will spell out for you some of what needs to be. I'm not here to give that to you. That's not my purpose this morning. And If that's what you're looking for from the message this morning, you're going to be disappointed. What I do want to do, though, this morning is to show you from the biblical perspective how important vision is and challenge you to find it and walk it out. That's my goal This morning. So, I'm going to do three things this morning. I want to speak to you about the significance of vision, I want to speak to you about the stopping of vision, and I want to speak to you about the securing of vision. And we're going to close the service in a different manner this way, this morning than we normally do. The significance of vision. And I start by asking and answering, what is the significance of having vision? How important is it? And why do we need it as a church? And the answer to that question can be found in one verse of scripture. Proverbs 29, verse 18. I hope you've turned to it. I'm reading from the New American Standard. It reads this way, where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained, but happy is he who keeps the law. Now, most of us are more familiar with the way the King James Version puts it. And it says this, where there is no vision, the people perish. So why is vision significant? And why is it important to us as individuals and as a church? One very important reason without it we perish without it we perish people perish and may i add this morning churches perish if you read and you if you keep up with the news and, and and our culture at all you hear all the time how doors or uh, churches are closing in unprecedented ways across our country We're talking about thousands of churches every month close their doors. Churches that at one point in time had a very vital ministry, very effective ministry, and they're closing their doors because they don't have vision any longer. At least that's a large part portion of it. We're we're reading today about how churches having a hard time finding pastors. I know that's that's been one issue with your pastor search committee, Uh, Georgia Baptist georgia baptist 3500 plus churches in the state of georgia and right now there are over 500 of those churches without a pastor in the state of georgia having a harder time all the time finding pastors again even when it comes to pastors without vision and there's a lot of reasons pastors quit the ministry But a lot of it has to do with sometimes somewhere along the way, they lost God's calling. They lost God's vision. They lost their sense of understanding of what God was calling from them. Without that, you perish. I don't like that word perish, do you? That's a strong word. In the Hebrew language, it's interesting that word means to pass away. Or even stronger, it means to suffer death in a violent or untimely manner. And that's what happens to people when they don't have vision. And folks, that's what happens to churches and church organization, Christian organizations, when they don't have vision. Charles Swindoll, the great Bible teacher, once framed it this way when he said, Vision is essential for survival. It is greater than sight, deeper than a dream, broader than an idea. The vision encompasses vast vistas outside the realm of the predictable, the safe, and the expected. No wonder we perish without it. But you will if you don't have it. I uh, I have not read the entire history of First Baptist Church of Noonan, I probably ought to do that, Uh, but I do and have read enough to know that in 1828, seven dedicated people sent to the leadership of God to start a Baptist work here in Noonan, Georgia, and this church, the First Baptist Church of Noonan, came into existence and now has been sharing the gospel for almost 200 years here in Noonan and this part of Southwest Atlanta. How did it start? Well, it could be argued that it started in the mind of the heart of God. It certainly did start there. But folks, really, this is where it started. It started when God gave a vision to seven people almost 200 years ago to start this church. And you and I are part of the fulfillment of that vision that was given 200 years ago. But that's where it found its start. What would have happened if they would have never had vision to see what God wanted to do through this church here today? Without it, none of this would have ever happened. And that is the significance and the importance of vision. What is vision? The word in the hebrew language means a number of things it can mean mental sight it can mean a dream but better it means a revelation or the ability to see ahead i uh, i used to love uh, dr j vernon McGee. many of you probably listen to him i'm sure he's, his message is probably still on some christian radio uh channels his teaching was Uh, he was simple and that's why i think people liked him he was he was very simple he could he could speak to the common person and dr mcgee once said in defining vision these words and i like what he said vision is actually spiritual understanding it's understanding what god would have for my life or from a church's perspective what god wants to accomplish another person put it this way vision is seeing that which is not seen as already seen I'll talk about that more in just a minute dr. J. Oswald Sanders in his book entitled spiritual leadership said this about vision those who have most powerfully and permanently influenced their generation have been seers men who have seen more and further than others men of faith for faith is vision vision includes foresight as well as insight vision includes optimism and hope no pessimist ever made a great leader the man of vision is willing to take steps fresh steps of faith where there is only a seeming void beneath and the same thing could be said of churches if they're following God's vision now me put all that together I offer you this definition of vision vision is the God given ability to discern that which God would have you do as you serve him in his kingdom vision is being able to see by faith the goals and the direction which God would have for your life and ministry Vision is being able to spiritually understand what God would have me do with my life. And without it, you perish. Can you imagine getting to the end of your life, standing before holy God to give account for how you spent the life that he gave you on this earth and you have no clue what your purpose was? You have no clue whether you've fulfilled it or not. You have no clue whether you did what God wanted you to do or not. That's why you need vision. That's why we all need vision. Let, let me share this with you about vision. The, this is what must be true for vision to be true biblical vision. It must have the following characteristics. I'll give you five. This is good. Number one, it must originate with God. In other words, for vision to be true biblical vision, it must be God's vision. Please understand that. Uh, It's interesting to note in the Old Testament book of Jeremiah, we find the Lord warning his people about something. And this is is really powerful. This is what he says. I'm reading from Jeremiah 23, verse 16. Thus says the Lord of hosts, Do not listen to the words of the prophets, Who are prophesying to you. They are leading you into futility. And here is the reason he gave for that statement. For they speak a vision of their own imagination. Not from the mouth of the Lord. Wow. That vision does not originate with us. It originates with God if it's true vision. Now, let me, let me, let me say a word of that, about that in relationship to your new pastor. I do believe very strongly when it comes to the local church that God first and foremost commits and communicates that vision for a local church to that senior pastor. He is the leader of that church. God puts him in leadership of that local congregation. It just makes sense God would do that. Even from a biblical perspective, over in the Old Testament book of Amos, he's speaking about the prophets in the Old Testament stance, but that could be related to the New Testament pastor. This is what Amos 3.7 says, Surely the Lord does nothing unless he reveals his secret counsel to his servant, the prophets. And in many ways, the Lord will use the pastor of this church or the senior pastor of any church that's a true biblical church to reveal his vision for that church. Now, if, if the man is wise, if that pastor is wise, he's certainly going to get input from those who are a part of the membership of his church. And he's going to seek their counsel and guidance. But ultimately, the Lord communicates that to that senior pastor because he will be the one who will drive that vision for this church. Churches get in trouble when you've got 50 people out there that think they have a vision for the church and they want to implement their vision and not what the pastor senses God wants them to do. But I would say this, even when God uses the pastor to drive it, it's not the pastor's vision that's important. In fact, for pulpit committees, and I, I, uh, I think I've said this to, to the committee before, I've been in a couple of their meetings, I think early on we talked about this. Um, one of the questions that probably your pulpit committee has asked, uh, prospective candidates, is what is your vision for First Baptist Church of Union? that's really an unfair question but I'm going to tell you why it's unfair he don't know how can he know yet he, he don't know he doesn't know you folks yet he doesn't know this church yet he may know a little bit about the community he may be able to know a little bit about your past uh, he may be able to see the records to know what y'all have done or what you haven't done But he's not been here to sense what God's doing. Um, And then I would add these words His vision for this church is not important. God's vision for this church is what's important. It really doesn't matter what that pastor wants for this church, what matters is what God wants for this church. And if that pastor has a spiritual heart of discernment, he will find out what God wants for this church and then lead this church to do what God wants for this church. And ladies and gentlemen, let me just say, and if I, as I told the early service earlier this morning, if you haven't learned anything else from me these last couple of years that I've been here, I will, I will be blunt at times. And I want to be very blunt. I want to be very clear. I want to be crystal clear with this. Your vision for this church is not what's important. There's, what, 350, 400 people in this room today. Can you imagine if all 350 of us think we have a vision for this church and want us to follow our vision? Can you imagine the chaos that will follow? Nothing but chaos. But the truth of the matter is your vision is not important. My vision is not important. God's vision is entirely important. Extremely important. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's not about what I want. It's not about what we think we want. It's what God wants for this church. And if you want this church to be what God wants it to be in the years to come, your greatest heart's desire has to be, God, what do you want? And then you follow what he tells you to do regardless. If you don't do that, you're going to be in trouble. And that's true of any church. It's God's vision. That we're after. And for it to be a true biblical vision, it will not be so much a pastor. Yes, he has to drive that. I totally agree with that. He has to lead it. I totally understand that. But it's not his vision. It's what God wants to do here. We find out what he's doing. We join him in his work. And when God blesses it, he blesses it because it's what he wanted to do in the first place. That's what vision is is all about it will originate with God secondly it will include the mission of the church the church has to keep the main thing the main thing the main thing is taking the gospel to a lost and dying world and any vision God gives it will always include the main thing thirdly it will be beyond our ability to fulfill it in other words when God gives vision it will be something so big we cannot do it in our own strength now why is that true if we can accomplish it in our own strength we don't need God do we we'll get what we can do and I got news for you that's not much we wonder why our churches are dying today it's because we get what we can do that's why when God gives vision we get what God can do god can do far more than we ever thought about doing for his name's sake and for his glory fourthly when it's true biblical vision it will always be about the future and not the past now let me say that again vision will always be about the future and not the past And how easy it is for churches to want to hang on to memories of the past to the point that it hinders what God wants to do in their life today and certainly in the days to come. And while the past can be remembered and even honored in a proper manner, it can never hinder what God wants to do in your life individually or a church corporately for. The future, and when God gives fresh vision to His people, it will always have something to do with advancing the kingdom of God in the future. I uh, I don't know how many churches I've watched die because they were so in the past they could not minister today. They were so hanging on to the past. I like it the way it used to be. Well, it's not the way it used to be. I like it when we used to do this. You know, Paul said this about his own walk with the, with the Lord. and he, here, Here's Paul. He'd been, he'd been saved for 30 years. Paul had been radically converted. God had done a great work of grace in his life. 30 years later, he's writing the book of the Philippians. And he says this, I forget what lies behind and I press on towards what lies ahead for the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. A lot of people, a lot of churches will never press on because they're so hanging on to the past. They can't or they won't. Then I'd say this if it's true biblical vision it will always cause the church to walk by faith in other words you're gonna to have to trust God you're gonna to have to believe God hey without faith it's impossible to please the Lord we're told in, a, in Hebrews 11 but with it with faith we see God do miracles we see God do great mighty things to his glory and honor And when God gives a vision, it will be beyond what we could accomplish in our own flesh, but it will cause us to have to trust him and walk by faith. And folks, that's a good thing. That's a real good thing. I refocused, team, as we were going through this whole process. We learned that true biblical vision will always create excitement in the church. It gives purpose to the church. It inspires the heart of church members. It empowers the leadership of the church. It promotes excellence in what the church does. It encourages giving within the church membership. It creates a clear plan and journey for the future for the church. That's why we need vision. That's the significance and the importance a vision, and without it, we perish. The significance of vision. All right, that's my first point. I got two more to go. I got eight minutes to do it. Can the preacher do it? Nope. Uh, we'll see how I can get through it. The stopping of vision. What stops us from having vision? And this is true both for individuals and churches altogether. What will stop? this church from having God's vision Uh, it could be because of ignorance and a lot of people in life they don't have God's vision because of ignorance I don't mean they're 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 dumb or they're stupid that's not what I'm talking about I just mean they don't know God has a vision for them hey if you're a born again believer in Jesus let me say this to you loud and clear God has a purpose for your life that he cannot accomplish through anybody else but you that ought to excite you. That ought to be a blessing to you. Now, your responsibility is to find out what it is and do it. But God wants to do something through you that he cannot do through anybody else. He wants to use you in that way. But it's also true for churches. I don't know how many churches are in the Noonan area here. I, I'm, I'm going I'm I'm to be kind and say all of them are put here by the Lord. There may be some exceptions to that, but that's for God to judge, not me or you. Uh, let's just assume that they're here by God's purposes. Do you realize that he has a purpose for every one of those churches? He has a purpose for First Baptist Church of Noonan. Something that this church can do that no other church in this community can do, should do, will do. That's why we're here. That's why this church has continued. Ignorance keeps people. They just don't know what God's vision is what God's purpose is don't let vision stop you from seeing and understanding what God has for you preoccupation can keep individuals and churches from seeing God's vision what I mean by that we get so preoccupied with secondary issues we lose sight of the vision God's given us we major on minors instead of majoring on those things that are important or sometimes we get so preoccupied with our needs and our wants and our likes and our dislikes Y'all remember in the first discovery that we shared with you that one of the statements in that discovery is that we will put aside our personal preferences for the good of the church? When a church doesn't do that, it's on death row. We're not here to please ourselves. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about Jesus. Jesus we're here for him we're here for his glory we're here to do his bidding we're we're here to do what he wants us to do but when we don't we get preoccupied with other matters we fail to see what God has for us an unwillingness to walk in obedience to his vision can keep us from having vision in other words when God shows us what he wants us to do and we don't do it I remember when Lilburn when we began to reach out to our ever changing multi-ethnic, multicultural community uh, that was our in our I used to say our backyard. They weren't in our backyard, they were in our front yard. We we did go around the world to minister because we were commanded to, but we didn't have to. We just could go across the street and we had the nations right around us. And we began to reach out to these different ethnic cultural groups and I told you before we ended up when I left I don't know what they've got there now we had 18 language congregations we were reaching people from 54 different nations through through 18 language groups that made up the First Baptist Church of Lilburn's family we had a lot of people leave the church you know why they didn't like it I, I, I had I had people tell me these words I want to quote one gentleman I saw him after they left the church. I didn't think he was upset with anybody. I didn't think he was upset with me. I can't imagine anybody being upset with me. That was funny, come on. <laughs> Y'all, you can laugh. Um, I didn't think he was upset anything. I saw him one day and I asked him, I said, can I ask you a question, why did you guys leave the church? I want to quote him. These words have haunted me all these years. Preacher. We knew the church was doing the right thing, reaching all these different people. We just couldn't handle it. God have mercy. Unbelievable. At least that man had enough inward fortitude to admit it. We know what God wants us to do, but we just don't want anything to do with it. Are there people like that in our churches? Yep. Sure are. And then we wonder why our churches are dying like they are today. Apathy can keep us, can stop vision. Apathy is the attitude, I don't care. And there are people. There are people in Our churches that just don't care. Oh, they like their little social, spiritual social club. I like everything nice, smooth, and easy. Don't, don't, don't rock the boat. I like going to church and put on Jesus for an hour and play the church game, but don't want to take it too serious. I really don't care if we do anything or not. Here's one other reason that I'll close this up this morning. I shared this one with you before, traditionalism. And I don't mean tradition so much. There are some traditions that are good. There's some traditions you should hang on to. I understand that. But I mean traditionalism in the sense that we get so stuck in the way we've done things, we can't do anything new. I shared with you before, Roy Fish, one time in a message, in at Georgia Baptist Convention, he said, the last great words of the church were these, we never did it that way before or but we've always done it that way before and if that's where you are you'll never see a fresh vision of what God wants one person framed it this way and boy this is powerful if we love our past more than we love the future we will never see what God has for us to accomplish for his kingdom in the present Bottom line. Can't paint anything clearer than that. What do you want? You want the way it was? Or do you want the way it can be? That's the choice we have to make. We have to make it individually. We have to make it as a church. The significance of vision, the stopping of vision, give me five minutes and I'll do the security of vision and we're gonna close. How do you get vision? Again, I'm not here to give you a vision this morning. At some point in time, you'll have a pastor and I'm sure a group of people around him that will help to, to be able to share that with you as a church. And you'll see that clearly. But really, where, where does vision come from? How does God give it to his people? I think he does it in four, four ways. Number one, he comes by the Holy Spirit. We get vision from the Holy Spirit. And I know that statement scares some Baptists to death. But it's true, folks. God's given us the Holy Spirit to direct us, to lead us. I love the Old Testament verse. We talked about this when in staffing a couple weeks ago, Isaiah 30, verses 20 and 21. It's, a, it's an Old Testament prophecy about the coming ministry of the person of the Holy Spirit. And it says this, although the Lord has given you bread of privation and water of oppression, he your teacher, that's the Holy Spirit, He, your teacher, will no longer hide himself, but your eyes will behold your teacher. Your ears will hear a word behind you. This is the way, walk in it, whenever you turn to the right or to the left. In other words, there's coming a time there will be a teacher in your life that will direct you, even by what you see and by what you hear, he will tell you to turn to the left or the right. He's coming to direct you in life and living. That's the person of the Holy Spirit. In the New Testament, Paul gives us four commands concerning our relationship to the Holy Spirit of God. Be filled with the Spirit. Live in the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit. Be led by the Spirit. That's where vision comes from. Even Jesus, when he was given some of the last words that he ever spoke to his church, in the Revelation, seven times, speaking to seven different churches... His last words to each of those churches was this He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. Hey, I don't know what God's vision is for this church. No pastor really knows what that vision is of himself. You don't know what God's vision is for this church, but God does. The Spirit does. So listen to him. Let him lead you. Let him guide you. Walk in him. Let him be dominant. Let him direct what God's doing here. Vision comes from the Holy Spirit. Secondly, vision comes from the Word of God. Proverbs 29, 13, without vision the people perish, but the second part of that verse says this, but happy is he who keeps the law. How do we know God's vision for our church? Well, God speaks it to us all through his book. How do I know what the mission of the church is? He's spoken to it in this book we call the Bible. He speaks to you about your life. It's amazing over these years how God has taken a book that was written 2,000 plus years ago. And he takes it and speaks it to my heart and life about my life in 2,000 and whatever year it might be. That's how relevant God's word is if I listen to him. That's the power of his word. Where do we find God's vision for our church? You don't go to Wikipedia to find it out. You certainly don't listen to CNN. Right here. We get vision thirdly from prayer. As we ask God for it, sincerely seek God's mind. Jeremiah 29, 11 to 14, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare, not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come to me and pray, and I'll listen to you. And you will seek me and you will find me when you search me with all your heart, and I will be found by you, declares the Lord. Oh, my. Well, I just don't know what God has for my life. Have you asked Him? Have you sought Him? Have you searched for Him with all your heart? Do you really want to know? Lastly, where does vision come from? Comes by faith. When I get to the place in my life that I'm willing to trust God, when a church gets to the point, it's willing to trust God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. But by faith, when we begin to walk with God, trusting him, seeing what he can do, oh my, God opens a brand new dimension of life and living for us individually, for us as a church. this is how we're going to close this morning. No invitation. Well, there is an invitation. Everybody's going to respond one way or the other. No coming forward. If you're here today and you were planning on joining the church, please come back next week, join. We'd love to have you. But I don't do this often, but I just feel a strong sense to do what I'm about to do. Uh, If you're here today you're not a believer, and maybe God's been speaking to your heart where you're sitting this morning, you know you need to give your heart and your life to Jesus. God's been knocking at your heart's door. He's been convicting you both about your sin and your need for a Savior. Maybe even when we took at this Lord's table a moment ago, just when that bread and that cup went by you, it shouted to you, Jesus saves. Hey, if you need to give your life to Jesus, I'm going to tell you something. I, I will stay here all afternoon down front and talk to you if you want to come after the service. Brother Lees, you saw him down front. You'll see one of our other staff up here in a few minutes. We will hang around as long as we need to to share with you if you want to give your heart and your life to Christ. If you have any questions about it, you want us to pray with you, you want to talk about it. When we get through with the service this morning, we'll be here. You come just come up to one of us and say hey I need to talk to you about giving my life to Christ that's all you need to say don't walk out of here if that's true of you till you've done business with the Lord but here's what I want to ask you to do this morning church vision I want to ask you to be willing to make a commitment today that as God begins to reveal his vision for this church that you're going to be committed to accept it Committed to follow it with all your heart. His vision. His vision. In fact, I really don't believe God is going to show you what his vision is until you're at that place. So in a minute, we're going to pray. I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask you to bow your head. I don't want anybody to look around. If you make that, if you will make that commitment, not to me, I'm not even going to Look. But if you're willing to make that commitment to the Lord, Lord, I'm committing myself today to do all that I can to seek what your vision is for this church. And Lord, as you reveal it to me in this church, Lord, I will do my best. I will be faithful to commit myself to follow fully what you reveal to us as a church. If you're willing to make that commitment, I'm going to ask you to stand as I pray. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed, nobody looking around. That's the commitment I'm asking you to make this morning. Will you make that commitment? If so, where you sit right now, will you just stand to your feet and remain standing for a moment? All across this room. Lord, I commit myself to being a part of seeking your vision for this church. And then, Lord, as you reveal it, I'm going to get past my personal preferences. I'm going to get past all those things that I might want. I want what you want. I will follow it fully. Anybody else? Father, thank you for these who are standing. Lord, I don't don't know how many are, but I can just tell by the sound that the vast majority of folks are standing today. I know it was that way in the early service. Lord, their standing is an indication of their willingness, and I'm not surprised by that. I pray you'll bless them. I pray you'll help us all. Lord, help us to see what you would have for this church. Oh, God, you've been so faithful to First Baptist Church of Noonan for almost 200 years. And Lord, I don't believe in any way, and I think most people here do not believe that you're finished with this church. And Lord, you seem to be blessing in these last few years in, in supernatural ways, and I think, I think things have begun to change. But God, we want to see it continue. Lord, we want to see that growth stop the decline and start to climb again. God, we want this church to be a bright light in this community. And as this world gets darker and darker, may we be brighter and brighter for the Lord Jesus. Lord, we want to make a difference in this world for you and your glory. We want to be a part of what you're doing these days. So, Lord, these stand before you today. Help us all as a church as we seek your mind and seek your heart. And give us what we need to follow you fully. Now, if you did not stand up a minute ago, would you now stand up with everyone else? And, Lord, thank you for our time uh, here together today. Lord, we want to praise you for all that you have done and what you continue to do in our hearts and our lives. And, Lord Jesus, we give you the praise and the glory for all things. And we ask it in your name and all God's people said, amen. Would you be seated?